We are starting a new series, which I'm excited about today. It's called You Asked For It. And uh, what the series is, uh, is a response to the questions that were submitted by you. Uh, back in Easter, uh, Easter time frame, we had a few weeks uh, t- of time that we were asking people, if you wanted to hear a message, if you were to ask God one thing, or if there's something you want to better understand, what would it be? And so people submitted several questions, and uh, these, this series is the response to those questions. And I'm excited because this is like, this is, uh, it's deep stuff. Um, I was pouring over hundreds of scriptures this week. And um, I I believe God is already speaking. Someone gave me a word that sort of is uh, like, I I believe just fits right in with what we're talking about today. And he he said, uh, it's written down. It says, I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive. I am not like idols made out of stone. I am alive and moving among you. And uh, today we're going to answer or seek to answer the question, does God hear what I say? Does God hear what I say? And uh, the interesting part about that is, you know, the Bible has a lot to say in regard to God speaking. A lot to say about that. And, and so I want to look at that uh, as it relates to what the scriptures say in response to the question, does God hear what I say. And, and I, I recognize as I speak to people, there could be a sense of frustration, discouragement, disappointment tied to this topic. And, um, and so I want to start off with a story. I, uh, sometimes I'm working on my patience. You know, I'm working on my patience. And so the other day, I, I came to a light, and, and wouldn't you know, like whenever you're in a hurry, you, you, uh, you get delayed for whatever reason, traffic, construction, like this light, I tell you, had to be two minutes long, a red light, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm in a hurry, I'm running, you know, I do not like to be late for anything, so I'm sitting there at this light, and it just reminds me, you know, when I think about Syracuse and the traffic in Syracuse, we are so blessed that there really isn't such things as traffic jams, you know? You go to other city and you, other cities and you can spend a half hour, an hour easily just sitting in traffic every day, each direction. Um, but, but this light was particularly uh, disturbing to me. And I began to think about the whole idea of, you know, there's times, and I don't know if, this, if you can relate to this or not, but there are times that when I'm traveling and I'm not in a hurry, it seems like I catch every green light. You know what I mean? I mean, every light, and I just think, wow, I caught every green light. But then, you know, in Syracuse, they, they have this, they have mastered the timing of light. So you could be in a line of five lights, uh, sequential lights, and you sit there at the, the first one, and it turns green, and then the next one turns red on you. You know what I mean? And so you go, you're sitting there waiting, and then you go, and you, a block later, you're stopping. Because they've mastered this timing thing. You know what? I'm just joking. They haven't. They haven't mastered it. It's bad. And so when I think about the traffic patterns, it sort of reminds me of what I want to talk to you about today. Because that may feel in some ways like, like prayer to you. Like, you know, there are times that I pray and I'm always getting the green light. You know, God's answering my prayers. God's, you know, God's speaking to me. God's hearing me. And there are times it seems like, you know, no matter what I say. My prayers are barely re, uh, leaving my mouth. I mean, they, there's like a glass ceiling. There's, it seems like, you know, no matter what I pray, it, it seems like it doesn't leave the room that I'm in. 
It seems like it's stuck somehow. Uh, you know, it's suspended between me and the, the ceiling. It just doesn't get out. It doesn't get to God. And, and so I, I want to talk to you about this, this question, does God hear what I say? I want to start off with a positive verse because this is really what the Lord says. Now, uh, as Bible-believing Christians, here is what we need to understand. We cannot base our theology on what we've experienced, you know? We cannot solely base our theology on, on what we've experienced. We need to base our theology on what the Word of God says because our experiences need to move toward aligning with the Word of God, not our theology aligning toward our experiences. Does this make sense? So, so we can't formulate what we think about God based solely on our experiences because there are factors that influence our experiences. You know, the enemy of our soul is one of them, Right? The enemy of our soul is one of them. He, he, would love, he would just love to steal, kill, and destroy from you today in your life. You know, and Jesus said, I have come to give life and life to the full. And, and so there's this opposition. There's these forces in opposition um, that we're dealing with in life. So um, the question is, does God really mean what he says when he says, I will give you what you ask of me? I want to show you a passage. It's a powerful passage in the book of 1 John, it says this in 1 John chapter 5. It says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. You see, John wants us to have a confidence in approaching God. He wants us to be confident, to be bold as we come before God. You see that? There's a confidence that we have as we approach God that when we ask That if we ask anything according to his will, now there's a key factor, according to his will, he hears us. So the Bible tells us that God hears us when we ask according to his will. And we know, or if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Now that's a a long verse. And what I want you to get out of that is this. God wants us to be confident in our asking. God wants us to understand what his will is. You know, the Bible talks about the mystery of his will. Well, he's revealed his will for us. You know, he wants us to understand his will and ask in accordance with his will. And the Bible says that he hears us and we will have what we've asked of him. Now, you and I know that all of our experiences don't necessarily line up with that scripture, do they? Right? At least the way we think it should. The timing and the how and, you know, the who and the when and the way, it doesn't always necessarily line up with that. In fact, we can find in the scriptures the frustration tied to people uh, feeling like God is not hearing them. In fact, I want to share a couple uh, scriptures with you. In the book of Habakkuk, uh, verse 1, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 2, this is his cry to God. How long, Lord, must I call for help? Have you ever felt that way? How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Like, aren't you listening to me? I mean, okay, let me just tell you something. This is going to be a very raw message because, you know, we don't want to sugarcoat the reality of, you know, this journey can be challenging at times. It can be heart-wrenching at times, crying out to God. And here we see this man, this prophet crying out to God, and he's like, aren't you listening to me? We, we see the same thing with, with David, Psalm 22. He says, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. 
Now, we don't know the end of the story, but we trust that God and his word is true, that he is hearing. Now, we feel that he's not hearing us. God is hearing us. The reality is, what is the answer? And so these, these people are crying out to God, looking for an answer. Now, um, I, I want to just approach this, these next few minutes with you from the perspective, like if you came to me and says, does God hear me? And you're sitting in my office, and I was just giving you some things that came to mind as it relates to God's hearing. Like, you know, I, I want to answer the question for you. And the reality is, in my case, if, if, if I felt like God was not hearing me, these are the things that I would do. I would begin to check myself. I would begin to check my heart. I'd begin to check my faith. I'd begin to check, uh, you know, my level of holiness. Am I living in sin? And one of the first and foremost things that I would be conscientious of is relationships. Are there any relationships that are messed up in my life? particularly marital relationships. Now, I want to share, you, share with you some scriptures that the Bible says. See, we see on one side, God says that I hear you when you call to me. But we see on the other side that God said, there are some parameters that if you violate them, I am not going to hear you. I'm not going to hear you. So I want you to be aware of those because we want to check our hearts today to say, if there is any blockages, if there are any things that are keeping uh, me from being heard by God or me from having God respond to my prayer, I, I want to know about it and I want to deal with it before God. So, so uh, the first one that I want to talk to you about is this, relational issues, relational issues. And I want to share with you a scripture uh, it says this in 1 Peter 3, 7. It says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Other translations say, honor them as the weaker partner as, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Now, these last th- few words you need to just key in on. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. You see that? So we, we can surmise from that statement that there are things that can hinder our prayers. There are things that can hold us back. Now, this particular verse is being directed from a husband to a wife in that relationship. But, but I would say this principle expands beyond only a, a husband toward a wife. It would, it would expand to, in my personal opinion, a, hus- a wife toward a husband, and so we're, we're talking about the principle of honor here. When there's dishonor, when, when there's not caring, the proper caring in a relationship, we can see that our prayers can be hindered. But let me just say, it goes beyond that. Let's look at this next verse. Mark 11, verse 25. It says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. There's another verse that says something like this. Uh, when, you are, when, when you are worshiping at the altar, if you have something, any ought or if any, any issue with somebody, leave the altar, go settle the issue, and then come back and worship God. And so God places this major emphasis on forgiveness, saying, if, if you're not willing to forgive or deal with relational issues, I am not willing to forgive you. And so we may be pounding the doors of heaven with our prayers. I mean, day and night, day and night, and over here have some relational issues that we refuse to deal with, unforgiveness in our heart, 
bitterness in our heart, anger towards someone that we should be extending love toward. And the, the, you know, the, the gates of heaven will not open, we're seeing. Our prayers are hindered. Our prayers are limited because God wants us to get this, this relationship with other people right uh, and, and then demonstrate his goodness towards us. Does this make sense to you? So we've got to be aware of our relationship with people. We've got to be aware. And, and let me just tell you something. There's been times in worship services that I have gone to people during the time of worship, or there have been phone calls, uh, you know, when I'm home, and God lays someone on my heart, and, you know, if there's anything there, if there's anything, you know, misunderstanding, frustration, uh, anything there, there have been times that I've literally left my seat in a worship service and asked someone to forgive me, or say, uh, apologize and say I'm sorry, because it is a big deal. God says, you know, leave the altar and take care of this relational issue before you continue to worship me. Now, we live in a broken, fallen world. It's very easy to have uh, issues or walls up between us and another person. And, and God is very intentional that we have to go after uh, repairing those relationships. Very intentional. Very intentional. Unforgiveness can block a lot of things that God wants to pour into our lives. And so we need to be very uh, focused. If we want to see our prayers answered... If we want to see God hearing our prayers, one of the blockages is relational issues. The second one is sin. And actually, I'm only going to list a few. There are more in the Bible. I'm just going to capture the main ones that I found. Um, Sin can be a blockage to God hearing our prayer. In Isaiah 59, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not too short, or is not so short that it cannot save. Nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sin has hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Do you see that? There's nothing worse than having that feeling like, God, I've been crying out to you, crying out to you, crying out to you. you. I don't even feel like you hear me. And we see that it says your iniquities or your, your sins have made a separation that he does not hear. James 5.16 says something similar. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you, uh, so a, a righteous person is someone who's not walking in sin. You know, if, if you have a lifestyle uh, uh, that you're living in sin right now, you can't really expect God to answer your prayers and you can't get upset at God because he's not. Because the Bible teaches us that it's the righteous person that has powerful and effective prayers. That's the one, you know, who's, who's been, uh, you know, received forgiveness by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the one who, who continually comes before God. Not the one who goes to church on Sunday and then goes and lives, lives a sinful life for six days and then returns next Sunday or two Sundays from now. You hear what I'm saying? We need to be in a place where we're growing in our relationship with God. And not taking that relationship lightly. And so he desires to, to strengthen us, to give us victory over the temptations we face and the sins that we walk in. Uh, but we need to trust him in that. And so relational issues can cause him to not hear us or it feels like he's not hearing us. Uh, sin can do that. Here's another one. We find it in James chapter 1 verse 6. Unbelief. Unbelief can. James says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. And this is, in particular, uh, this context is asking for wisdom from God. Um, so, w- so the individual is asking for wisdom from God. And James is saying, 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And so we need to have faith and trust in God that he is able to do what he said he would do, that he is a fulfiller of his promises. He's an amazing God. Um, But unbelief can be a hindrance to the fulfillment of prayers. Here's the last one. Wrong motives. In James 4, 3, it says this. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You see, if we're asking for something that is not lined up with God's will, we can't get upset at him for not fulfilling that, for not answering that prayer. And so it's all the more important for us to be in the word of God, to understand what his will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. It's all important. It's so important for us to be people of the word. You know, I've had people and they're living, they're knowingly living in a a sinful lifestyle and, and, you know, making poor choices in their lives. And they're saying, I don't think God, you know, I don't, I don't think God would be upset with this. Well, you would never know unless you open that Bible. You know what I mean? He gave, us, he gave us his word for a reason. And so if we start interpreting uh, our, our figment, a figment of our imagination as being God, like all the, sort of like creating God in our own mind, and, you know, what is it that pleases him? Well, I could do whatever I want as long as I talk to him here and there. You know, the big man upstairs, he's got my back, you know. The reality is, He desires a relationship with us. And so I would say one of the key things that that we need to understand about God hearing us is this. Are we close enough to him for for him to hear us? You know, when you think of a person, you could be yelling out, but, you know, they're on the other side of the city. They're not going to hear you. And it's similar. I would try and describe it in a similar fashion as it relates to God, like, we need to get close to him for him to hear and respond to our heart's cry. And so uh, I, I would say that, you know what, check yourself. You're sitting, you know, you're sitting in a place where you're frustrated with God and you're saying, you know, I have prayed. I don't know if he answers prayers. Or maybe it's some you know, Russian roulette or lottery thing where you know, he'll answer prayers here and there. But for the most part, God doesn't answer prayers. And I'm frustrated and disappointed I would say, check your life. Check yourself. Are there relationships? Are are there things in your life related to people that you need to focus on and bring repair to? Uh, Is there sin in your life? You know, are you praying for it with wrong motives? Are, Are you missing something there? And are you praying with faith? These are things the Bible teaches us about how uh, God hears us. Now, I want to I move forward now and give you a, a few secrets to, to effective prayer because the reality is this. The most powerful people on the face of the planet are those who pray. Not people who know about prayer, not people who talk about prayer, not people who believe in prayer, but people who pray. Those are the most powerful people on the face of the planet. And that's what we, that's what, you know, we're raising the bar. We're just believing that people are going to step into this realm of believing God for great things. Believing God for the impossible. Because uh, a person of prayer can do anything. A person of prayer can accomplish 
anything. And this, you know, I, I can't explain why, but interestingly, God has chosen prayer as the primary connection of bringing the power that is heaven to the need that is on earth. Without prayer, we accomplish nothing. You know, God is all-powerful. He's amazing. He can do anything. And it is pr- through prayer that the, the connection from heaven to earth is accomplished. It's prayer. It's prayer. So the most powerful people on the earth are people that pray. So, so here's a few things that I would say as it relates to being a person of powerful prayer. The first thing is this. Trust God's plan. Trust God's plan. We need to be in a place, and someone shared earlier, uh, you know, I, I think it was prophetically that, um, that we need to begin, begin to trust God. God has a will. And God has a will that he wants known. And, you know, as it relates to prayer, um, he created us, he knows what's best for us, and he wants great things for our lives. And, and just think about, like, if you have children or maybe you have nieces or nephews or you know someone who has kids, you know, there's no parent that's going to give everything that that kid wants to that kid because it's just not the best for that child. My kids, we used to travel down south all the time. Um, you know, we would go to Florida and various places on vacation, and they would always want me to s- stop at the fireworks store. You know, I mean, like, Pennsylvania, as soon as you hit the border of Pennsylvania, fireworks are legal in that state, you know? And they would always want me to stop at the fireworks store and, you know, just buy hordes and hordes of fireworks. Well, you know, my kids were young, and I wasn't too comfortable with them playing with fireworks because, you know, even if I hid them well, they would find them and they would secretly play with them. And, you know, we have a, a, an NFL player a couple of years ago that blew off a few fingers as an adult playing with fireworks. And so just imagine fireworks in kids' hands. Now, listen, my plan is to protect my kids. And I wanted my kids to trust my plan. You see what I'm saying? And it's the same way with God. God, God can see things and understand things that are beyond our comprehension and understanding. God, God loves us so much. This, is, this I know, and this is what we need to understand. God is madly in love with us, and he wants good things for us. He is a good father. And so there are times that we ask for something, and we don't necessarily get it. Why? Because he knows what is best. And here's the bottom line. We could, we could after a season of prayer get discouraged with God because he's not giving us what we want. Or we could say, you know what? I trust you. I trust you. Listen, listen to the words of Jesus in the garden. He said, yet, he, he said, if it is possible, would you take this from me? Yet not my will, but your will be done. He, he submitted to the Father. He, there was a desire that he had to get through that whole crucifixion, crucifixion process um, in an easier way. Maybe, you know, maybe he had some thoughts. There's, there's another way. There's got to be another way. The reality is this. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And, and that is like the epitome in my mind of trust to God. That we would say, you know what? I know what I want. 
but I'm going to trust you in the end. I'm going to trust you in the end. I may not have all the answers. I may not understand why. I may not be able to describe why this prayer is not fulfilled, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in the end. So, so one of the secrets to effective prayer is this, trusting God's plan, trusting his plan, knowing that at the core of who he is, he is good and he loves you. He is good and he loves you. The second thing I would say is this, trust God's timing. Now, there's this guy in the Old Testament named Abraham. Abraham was promised by God that he would have a son. And this son, uh, you know, Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. He was going to have a son. Unfortunately, his wife was barren. She was not producing children. And, you know, he got impatient. He got impatient with this promise. So he, he figured that he was going to do it his way. And uh, with her assistance, his wife said, why don't you take uh, my servant and lie down with her and, and you could have a son through my servant. See, see, Abraham at that moment in time was not trusting God's timing. You see, one of the things, and I, I'm just going to be frank with you, it can be frustrating waiting. It can be frustrating that your timing is not his and his is not yours. I don't, I'm not particularly fond of the verse at this moment in time of with the Lord a day is as a thousand years. I, I trust him and I love him and I trust his timing, but sometimes that's not convenient for me. You know, it, it's not comfortable for me. And the reality is that's, that's life. We, I, didn't, I didn't make that up. You know, that's God's doing, you know. I get to be a part of his, uh, you know, his plan. It's not like I can make him a part of my plan. And so I've got to trust his timing. Uh, years ago, my wife and I were get, preparing to get married. We had dated for almost a year and a half at that time. And we were, we were taking premarital counseling, which I would highly advise for anyone who's preparing to step into that covenant of marriage. And, and so we had a date set. We, you know, everything was laid out. You know all the preparations and the plans. And, and my wife and, and her mother were just making all these plans. And, I, you know, as a guy, I didn't have to be that involved. You know, it's a good thing. I didn't want to step in and get yelled at. So I just, you know, whatever you want, honey. Well, um, as we're going through premarital counseling... Um, the pastor said, you know what? I just feel this is of the Lord that you guys, need to, you guys need to delay your wedding date. You need to push it backwards. And, and he, as he told us that, we're like, you know, we talked about it. And we could have gotten bitter. We could have gotten upset. But we were just trusting it was God's perfect timing. You know, we wanted to be under the covering of our church and our pastor. We wanted the blessing of them and our parents. And so we said, you know what? If that's what you feel God's will is, we're okay with that. We'll submit to that. Now, I wanted to marry this woman. You know, you know for people who are trying to live a godly life and dating and like having their, their marriage delayed, it's very hard. It can be frustrating. You know what I mean? But the reality is we submitted to that. And, and I'm just telling you, I, I can't even count the number of blessings that have happened as a result of, of that, just one, just being under authority, submitting to God's timing, and trusting that God, God knows best. God knows best 
in our lives. So, so we need to trust God's plan. We need to trust God's timing. And here's the last one I'll share with you as it relates to releasing powerful and effective prayer. Understanding that, you know, we've dealt with, we've checked ourselves, we, you know, we, we've dealt with the relational stuff, we're, we're not living in sin, you know, but we're still not seeing our prayers answered. Understanding that, you know, we could be praying amiss or not in line with God's will. Uh, understanding that we, maybe we're just not praying in faith. If we dealt with all those things, the reality is there still could be some frustration in your life. Maybe you're not living in sin, you know? Maybe you are praying by faith, but you're still not seeing the fulfillment in your life. What, what do you do? You need to begin to trust God. You trust God that God has, God, God is, his timing is perfect. His ways are perfect. And his will is perfect. And so here, here's the last one I'll share with you. We trust God in his timing. We trust God in his plan. And we trust God uh, by never giving up. There's a story in Luke chapter 18. I'll share with you the first verse. It says this. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, that's a beautiful, powerful prayer for that woman right there. Because, you know what? She prayed, she pleaded, she went to the unrighteous judge, you know. But the the moral of the story or the basis of this story is this. There may be times that you are going to be knocking on the door of heaven for a long time. And he wants us to know that. He wants us to understand that it's, per, it's through perseverance that we see the answer to prayer. You know, this woman, she's, she's going to this unrighteous judge and asking, uh, you know, asking that uh, some problems in her life, some adversaries that are opposed to her are taken care of. And she's going, she's going, she's getting rejected time after time after time. But she keeps coming, she keeps coming. She drove the guy nuts, the Bible tells us, in, in, in a different vernacular, you know, she drove the guy nuts. But finally, he granted her request. And Jesus uses that example to say, listen, you should always pray and not give up. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep believing. Keep holding on to God's promises. And it may be hard. But listen, this is what I want to take us back to. If you view it as a job to get what you want, you're missing the point. God uses prayer to connect the power in heaven to the need on earth. But he also uses prayer to bring us into his presence and into a dependence and relationship on him, or relationship with him. Dependence on him, relationship with him. He wants to have relationship with us. So the the important thing is, is God close enough to hear you? Is God close enough to hear you? He's a good God. He's an amazing God. And I know, I know some of your lives. I know some of your struggles. I know some of the things that you guys have been believing God for, but we can only lean on what God's word says. We, we, we cannot formulate our opinion or our theology about God based upon our experience. I try, because let me tell you something. I hear people say things like this, and it concerns me. I tried that before, and God didn't answer. You know, I've been praying, 
I'm tired of praying, and I'm not going to pray anymore. And the reality is, you know, that, that, that stopping point could have been one prayer away from the fulfillment of the answer you've been believing for. I mean, let me just ask you this. Let me ask you it this way. What other hope do we have? Where, where, where are we going to go to get these needs met? There's nowhere. This is what Jesus asked Peter. You know, this is what Peter said. Where else am I going to go? Where, where can I go? You know, in essence, my hope is in you. It's going to remain in you. That's all I have. And that he is really all we have. And so it comes down to the trust factor. Do we trust his plan? Do we trust his timing? And are we willing to keep going and not give up? Amen? I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I want to close in prayer for you. I know, listen to me, I know some of you are at a place of discouragement in your prayer life. Does God hear us? Yes, he does hear us. If there's blockages to his hearing of you, deal with it. Relationally, sin, you know, praying against his will or not having faith, deal with it. We could do that, right? But then we need to press on and believe him for great things. Amen? It is through prayer that we're going to see this world change. We're going to see our lives changed. Our families changed. Can you imagine if we decided today to say, you know what, I'm going to deal with my mess and I'm going to move on and believe God for great things. Can you imagine what that could look like? I mean, you know, we are world changers in this room. And when we begin to release the power that is in our mouth through our words, through our trust in God, and not get frustrated and start shaking our fist at God, I believe that we're going to see change. I believe it. I believe it at the core of who I am. Let's pray together. Lord, today we give you praise. We thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you, God, that, uh, Father, someone asked a question that many of us have been asking. Does, Does God hear me? Does God hear me? And we thank you, Lord, that it is your desire to hear us. It is your desire to answer Um, our hearts cries, Lord. It's your desire to reveal yourself to us. And we thank you that you're a good God. Lord, we thank you that we can have confidence in you. That when we cry out to you and when we pray according to your will, you'll hear us and you'll answer us. So Lord, I just ask, Father, for a special grace on your people. God, I ask God for those who are frustrated, those who have been pressing in, those who have been believing God, that, Father, that you would, you would come quick, quickly, that you would move swiftly on their behalf. I, I ask for those who have given up, Lord. Father, for those who have just thrown in the towel to say, you know what, I just don't know anymore. God, that you would restore in their eyes, God, your goodness, your greatness, and that you would come through, God. And, Lord, we just believe you now. We thank you now. And Father, this week, Father, I pray that every hindrance to you hearing us would be dealt with, God. That we would walk freely in confidence knowing that you hear us and that you're going to answer us. I give you praise today and I bless your people, Father. Bless them richly, God. May your favor just be lavished on them in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. We love you.